0: 831-381- Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, uh, June nineteenth, two 2014.
2: Thank you for joining us on the
1: program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad.
2: Jacob, great to be with you on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Looking forward to what I think will be an interesting discussion. Good to be with you as well. Anthony's behind the controls tonight, Anthony. Anthony, welcome. Uh,
1: there you go. Try it again. Here we go. Thanks. And we probably won't hear from you much tonight, Anthony. Okay. It's going to be a busy night. We've got an important uh, special guest.
2: Yeah, we have a special guest. Uh, a lot. Of, we, we've got a lot of people in the chat room already, and a number of them indicate that they know this uh, special guest. Uh, he's asked us not to use his his uh, actual name or. Uh, divulge any personal information about him, and, and I think so, that'll become evident as to why. As yeah, we go along. and we'll explain why because uh, the young man who's on the line with us uh, has been, was raised a Muslim and has converted to Christianity, and so we welcome you, brother, to uh, the virtual Bible study. Are you there? Uh, thank
3: you very much.
2: Thank you for joining yes. us thank tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. You. Thank uh, you for having me. So se- several of the several of the folks who are res- regular listeners to our program uh know you and know your story but we don't and many of our listeners do not know uh, your story about your conversion to Jesus Christ and so what we want to do here initially is just sort of have you tell us the story of of how you came to be a believer in Jesus uh, what kind of things influenced you and so forth. We have some questions that have been submitted by email from some of our listeners. We're going to pose those to you a little later. But at first, we'd just like to hear you tell us uh, how you came to become a Christian.
3: Um, okay, first of all, I really want to thank you so much for having me on your program. Um, well, everything started on March 1, 2008. Uh, it was Saturday, and um, I was going to... A- this is one of my best friends and on the way on the way back home um, he died and that' basically changed everything in my life so that day I was 17 years old I was um, student in Kyiro University I was studying business and one of my dreams was to get uh, to graduate and to have my own tourism agency um, I was playing soccer semi pro um, most of my fa- uh, all my family were Muslims uh, most of my friends were Muslims so was I mm-hmm. Um now, I let, me right, right, let me
2: ask you let me ask you right there when sorry? you when you say you were a Muslim could, how, how would you um how would you rate yourself as far as your involvement or your dedication your sincerity to the Muslim faith
3: um I was I was a very good Muslim um I used to pray well not five times a day but like about three four times a day and uh, on the month of Ramadan I don't know if you heard about it or not but it's a month. That, uh, you're supposed not to eat from sunrise to sunset. And I used to do that. And I used to go to worship in the mosque. And I used to memorize half of the Quran. But I don't memorize it anymore. So hopefully my mom is not listening to this. But, um, I was really good Muslim. I used okay. to worship and pray and, and do everything. So. Okay.
1: Okay. Wait, go wait, ahead. Wait, wait up. Your, your friend, uh, died and, uh, and, and you were in school and then, uh, go forward.
3: Yeah, we were, uh, we, we had a soccer practice because I used to play soccer, semi-pro. And so basically after the practice, we were heading back home. And he's my best friend. I mean, I know him since, since we were four years old. He lives in the house right beside me. He went to the same school with me, same university with me, and he was playing soccer in the same team with me. So I knew him all my life. He was like my absolute best friend. And so one day going back, uh, home from the practice, um, I don't know if you guys heard about Cairo traffic or not, but the traffic in Cairo is really bad. Uh, so we were heading back home one day, and uh, we were getting ready to cross the street. And he uh, he just did one step before me, just one step. And as soon as he did it, he got hit by a car. And um, he got hit by a car, and I was just looking at him, and I ran to him. I tried to help him, um, and I called help and they came to help him, but it was it was too late. He died before they came to help him. And so that really broke me very much. I mean, he he was one of my closest friends, and um, to see him dying in front of me was really tough. And I was just mad at everything. You know, I was I was mad at just everything. You was so depressed for like six months. I was just so frustrated and so mad at everything, because he was just seventeen years old, and I did not have, I did not expect him to die that young. You no, know, and so I was just mad at everything. But my mom told me that, you know, he died, but you know, one day eventually you will get to see him in heaven. And that's kind of made me okay, you know, he, he died, but he's in better place and I'm sure I will be able to see him one day in heaven. And so I had a lot of friends in Egypt who were not Muslims. And so I tried to basically try to read about all different kind of religion, try to, try to read about everything so I can have a good argument to be able to convert non-Muslims into Islam. But I ended up converting my own self into Christianity. Uh, because when you read all the religions, um, all the books basically tell you about how much God is great and how much God loves you. And God is going to save you one day. But none of the books, none of the religions at all, uh, told you how God is going to save you or how God loves you. Except in the Bible. And and when I started reading the Bible, um, I had a hard time trying to understand what I was reading. Um... Um, and I think that my problem was I started reading the Bible in Revelation. and That's not really a good place to start reading the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I started, <laughs> and so I started reading Revelation, but I didn't, I didn't understand anything at all. Uh, but then I started, you know, going back and forth in the Bible and, and I remember one of the verses that really like blew my mind when I read, love your enemy and God is love. And I was like, how can anybody love his enemy? I mean, your enemy are the people who hate you people who want to get dread out of you how how you're supposed to love them I've, I've, I've never seen anybody who loved his enemy before and so I read, I read more about the Bible and when I get to the story of Jesus on of how Jesus um, you know how they were killing him and they were dragging him in the street and they were screaming at him and mocking him but he was yet praying for them that's really touched me so much because, it truly showed me how can we love our enemy, because they were doing everything we can do to kill Jesus, but he was praying for them, and I'm pretty sure he just did that to give us an example how we are supposed to love our enemy. And so when I read that, I was like, I have never read anything in any other books that tells about love your enemy or God is love. And so I decided to read more in the Bible, but as I said, I was not, I couldn't really understand what I was reading. And, and I was very afraid to go to tell any of my, any of my friends in Egypt to help me. Because in Egypt, uh, the Egyptian population is pretty much um, about 80, 75% Muslims and, and 25% Coptic Christians. And I had a lot of friends who were Coptic Christians, but I was very afraid to go ask any of them if they can help me to understand what I was reading. Because I remember um, five years before I, I get baptized, there was a guy who, who was a Muslim, and he converted to Christianity, and his own dad killed him. So I, w- I was very afraid of that happening to me. And so I was trying to keep it as low as I can. And so I tried to find anybody to help me, but I really couldn't find anyone to help me. But, you know, I was 17 years old, and and so I went on the Internet, and I was like, I can use the Internet to find people who can help me. And when I was 17 years old, Facebook was was fairly new. And I went on Facebook, um, I made a a fake Facebook profile and I went, there was a lot of Christian pages on Facebook and I basically said, I'm a Muslim and I would like to know more about Christianity. Can anybody help me? And for about six months, nobody answered me at all. Um, for six months, nobody answered me. and, And I felt like, you know, that's all I can do. I can't really do anything anymore, uh, to get help from people. And after six months, um, a lady from Athens, Georgia, uh, contacted me on Facebook and she told me she can help me. And I was very freaked out. I didn't even know they were just taking US call Georgia. And, <laughs> and I, was, I was like, I was like, where are you from? And I tried to, to go to her profile to see where she's from and like, you know, her her profile. Because I had a, I had a Facebook profile, a fake Facebook profile. So I know what fake profiles looks like. So I went to her profile. I tried to check her out. Um. But she seems she seemed pretty serious to me, and so and her name is Norma Lot, and 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 I just had a lot of questions in my mind, and and she and her husband Donnie, for for about three years or a year and a half, they tried to help me, they tried to study with me, and they
1: they tried to hook me up with people on Facebook to study and help me as well. Uh, you might be interested <laughs> to know that you might be interested to know that Norma is in the chat room tonight. She's listening to your story. And...
3: Yes, she is. All right. And so, and, and so for a year and a half, uh, they, they were very patient with me because I was very ignorant and I, I just didn't know how to understand what what they were telling me. And so for a year and a half, she and her husband Donnie tried to help me very much and I'm so thankful for what they did to me because if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here today speaking with you guys. And so for a year and a half, they tried to help me. They tried to read the Bible with me on daily basis. They tried to help me very much. And after about a year and a half, um, she messaged me on Facebook and she told me there's somebody coming to Cairo, Egypt, and he would like to meet you. And um, I was I was very freaked out. I was like, what? Somebody coming to Egypt? And I was like, I I'm, I feel safe talking to you on Facebook, but I don't think I will be able to talk with anybody in person. I, I don't think I can do that. And so she didn't really answer me back. Or and and I was like, okay, so I'm I'm not gonna meet anyone. And so one day, um, I was going to get up early to go to school. I was wake up at, uh, I woke up at six in the morning to go to school. And, uh, somebody called me. He was like, hey, my name is Don and, uh, I'm in Cairo, Egypt and Norma giving you your number and I would like to meet you. And, uh, I was like, yes, I, I, I can meet you. However, I was very hesitant and very, um scared to meet him. But he called me and so I had, I had no option. I had to meet him. And so, And so he told me um, we have tour in the pyramids right now, and he would like me to go and join him. But I told him, um, I'm sorry, I cannot do that because I have to go to school right now. Besides, I have been to the pyramids like hundred times. I don't really need to go there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, and so he he told me, okay, he told me he's staying the mean house hotel, and and he would like me to go and meet him the same night. And I do not know if you guys heard about the Mina House Hotel or not, but it's one of the fanciest, most expensive hotels in the, in the Middle East. Um, it's it's like $5,000 a night, and there's no way a teenager like me can wander in. And so I called him again, and, and I told him, um, I don't think I will be able to come inside the hotel, but I can wait you outside, and you can come and pick me up. And he was like, I, sh- I can do that. And so that night I waited outside, and I was so scared. Um... Uh, I waited, I waited outside, and he came and picked me up, and we went inside, and he introduced me to his, to his family, and his friends, because he brought people from uh, from US to come to Egypt and Israel to visit the holy lands, and so he introduced me to all of them, and you know all of them gave me hugs and they tried to talk me with me, and then for about three hours, uh, me and him just he was like, okay, I'm here, if you have any questions you can ask me. And and it was very different, you know. It wasn't Facebook anymore. It's an actual person. I can actually touch him and and ask him all my questions. So for about an hour, uh, for about two or three hours, I just had a ton of questions in my mind, and I kept asking him all of them. And all his answers really made sense to me. Like I had a lot of questions, and all his answers made sense to me. And and by the end of our discussion, I told him I really want to get baptized. But like he didn't answer me. He just, for some reason, he didn't answer me. And so I told him I have to leave anyway uh, to go to my to go back home because my parents doesn't know I'm meeting you. And so um, I left him after like about three hours and I went I went back home and I was I was very scared that night. And so he he called me um, next morning and he told me he to going to Alexandria and he would like me to go with them. But I told him I'm sorry I can't do that. I have to go to school. And he asked me to go to meet him. Tonight, the same night, and and to bring extra clothes with me, and I was like, bring extra clothes with me. He was like, yeah, don't you want to get baptized? And I was like, yes. He was like, okay, come meet me tonight, and bring some clothes with you, and and we're gonna baptize you. And as much as I was very happy and very excited, but I was very scared as well because I always remember the story of the, the guy who got killed by his own dad. So I was very scared. But I went to meet him. I went to meet him that night, and. um I waited him outside, and he came and picked me up, and we went by the swimming pool. And we were standing by the swimming pool. And and by the way, I think I get baptized in the coolest place ever. Mm-hmm. I get baptized in a swimming pool right by the pyramids. Um, yeah. It's very awesome. And so anyway, uh, um, we were standing by the swimming pool, and he, we were getting ready to get baptized. But out of nowhere, a security guard came to me, and he asked me, what's my room number? Uh, because I think I'm the only one who looks Egyptian and I was a teenager and he came to me and he was like, what's your room number? And I looked at Don, I was like, Don, what's my room number? <laughs> and Don was like, don't worry about it. And he took the security guard to the front desk and he basically told them that I'm his guest and we were just come to this room for a while. And then he left. But after that, I was, I was so scared. I was like, Don, I, I don't think you can get baptized. There's somebody actually me standing with you with the swimming pool. I don't think I can do that. Um, and I remember Don told me a story, the story of Moses when Moses was getting out of Egypt and, and the Red Sea was in front of him and the Pharaoh was right behind him. And he knew he can't escape. He knew he was going to die. But he yet trusted in God and had a strong faith in God and prayed to God to save him and to help him. And so God helped him and divided directly for him to save moses and his people and as a bonus he killed the Pharaoh and the soldiers for him and 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 don told me if god is powerful enough to save you god will be powerful enough Uh, if god was powerful enough to save moses god will be powerful enough to save you and so he convinced me and and i got baptized that night and then we went to his room and everybody was thinking and everybody was giving me hugs and but I had no idea what they were singing. I've never heard any songs like that in my life before. And so I was just trying to go along with them. But everybody was, was giving me hugs and everybody was so happy and so excited. And then um, just a lot of people gave me hugs. And, and I remember Don came to me that day and he told me if I would like to go to the U.S., you know, so I can be able to, to, to practice Christianity freely. But. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to that because I was already in college in Egypt I was playing soccer. I just had all my life was set for me in Egypt so it was very hard for me to leave everything I had in Egypt and come to US but anyway, um, two days later or the next day actually Don left Egypt and went to Israel and two days after that um, some guy from Bolivar and Green Kentucky um, messaged me on Facebook and he told me he was going to he was going to come to Cairo. And he would like to meet me as well. And I was less nervous because I have already met somebody before and I know if I, if I die right now, I'm going to go to heaven. So I wasn't really scared to meet the, the second person who came to Egypt. Um, and he came to Egypt and I went to meet him and he was not staying at the same hotel as Don. So I, it was easier for me to go and meet him at his hotel. So I went to, I went to meet him and, and, and he asked me to, he would like to baptize me. But I told him, uh, you're too late. I've already got baptized like two weeks ago. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, he stayed in Egypt for about a week and he helped me so much, um, the Bible and helped read the Bible and he just helped me a lot. And I'm so thankful for what he did to me. And his name is Bob, by the way. So he, he really helped me a lot and he stayed in, in Cairo for a week and, and I'm so thankful for what he did to me. And after that, um, Bob left Egypt, and 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 I remember like about four months later, uh, Bob came again to to Egypt, and, and I met him. and um, And uh, I I think we went to Mount Sinai where Moses was, and we went up. and And um, then we came back. We went back to Cairo. We went by the pyramids and went to the trip. Was to meet a Christian family who lived in Cairo. So I can have easy access to to worship with them every Sunday, and so he introduced me to them, and, and his name is David, and he used to work he used to work at the um, American Embassy in Cairo, correctly, and so Bob introduced me to them, and um, and, I, and and I used to go worship in their house every Sunday for about five or six months, and then David left Cairo, and and so I didn't I couldn't worship with them anymore. Um, but after David left and I couldn't worship in, in Egypt anymore, I felt so guilty because you know I know I'm a Christian now and I know I have to worship. Um, but the only people that I'm Christian were in U.S., which is seven thousand seven thousand miles away from Egypt, and it was no way for me to go worship with them every Sunday. But once again, I was still I was nineteen by that time, and about well, nineteen twenty, and you know still a teenager. And we decided to go every Sunday on Skype, to have a Skype session, uh, to worship every Sunday night. And it was really tough trying to find a time can fit all our schedules, because I used Skype with, with Don Norman, um, who's from Georgia, which is eight hours different than Cairo. And, and Don and his wife, which, which were in Arkansas, which is nine hours different than Cairo, And I used to to worship with a guy who's from Oregon, which is 11 hours different than Cairo. So trying to find a time that can fit all our our schedules was very hard. But we used to Skype every Sunday night at 11.30 uh, p.m. Cairo time. And so we did that for about um, about a year. Then um, John told me if I would like to go to the U.S. to study there and to study the Bible and to be able to practice Christianity freely. And it was, it was a very tough decision for me. It was really hard for me to leave my, Cairo, my, Cairo University and go to U.S., which is 7,000 miles away. I have never been, I've never been there before. I didn't know anyone in there, anybody there. So it was a very tough decision for me to take, um, because it meant I would have to leave everything I had in Egypt. I had to leave, uh, my friends, my family, my country, and just go somewhere that I have never been and meet people I don't know. It was a very tough decision for me. But I remember one day um, when I read Genesis 12, verse 1, and it basically told you, it, 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 it says, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, from your people, from your father's household, to a land I will show you. Basically, the Lord told Abraham, just leave everything you have, leave everything you own, and go to this place, which you don't know anybody there, but go there, because I told you to, to go, And and you have to go there and because Abraham had a strong faith in God and he completely trusted God he completely followed God's order and just left everything he had and went to this new place and I was like if if Abraham can do that I I can leave everything I have too, and, and go to US, so I will be able to
1: practice Christianity freely. Uh, so, hey, uh, brother, brother, uh, hang, hang on just a minute. We amazing we, story and, uh, we're, and encouraging, and uh, but we we've been, we've been engrossed here. But we're we're beyond time when we should take a break.
2: Hang and, on, and we'll uh, be, get
1: some messages out there. But when we get back, we'll continue the discussion. Lots of questions that we want to ask you. Some of our listeners want to ask questions as well, and. Um, I think we have some some listeners in the chat room who would like to make some comments as well. So we'd like you to hold the line, and we'll take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue the discussion of uh, the gentleman who has converted from Islam to Christianity, the lessons we can learn from that, the encouragement we can gain from it. We'll continue the discussion right after this.
0: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back
2: after this. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Facts do not cease to exist because they are ignored. As one person, I cannot change the world, but I can change the world of one person. If you change nothing, nothing changes. Your life always expresses the result of your dominant thoughts. No matter how big your house is, how recent your car is, or how big your bank account is, your grave will always be the same size. Stay humble. Do the best you can, where you are, with what you have, and do it now. Act as if what you do makes a difference. It does. Don't measure yourself by what you have accomplished, but by what you should have accomplished with your ability. Man, wish I had said that.
0: Broadcasting
1: around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight. If you'd like to talk with our guests, the number to call is 877-381-4567. That's toll-free. You can email questions at collegeview.com. You can join in the chat room with other listeners at the bottom of your video feed if you're watching us live on the program tonight. Appreciate you joining us and appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with this uh, young man who has converted from Islam.
2: Some of some of the folks who were involved in that story that he's been telling us are in the chat room uh, and uh, are listening and, and uh, sort of reliving the, the episodes that uh, – our guest has been talking to us about as as you've been telling us about your your conversion several things kind of stuck out in my mind as as significant one was that you what you actually set out to read the various books of different religions and you you saw a difference in the bible and and the others am i right uh, you specifically mentioned about reading concerning Jesus and, and, and his conduct when when his enemies were uh, putting him to death. And that that obviously really made an impression on you. Um,
3: uh, yes, because when I was, as a Muslim, uh, when I was a Muslim man, I always believed that Jesus never died on the cross. Um, there was that guy who looks like... Uh, God made him look like Jesus, but they never got to kill Jesus. And so when I started reading the story, I was like, how can somebody who's not, who wanted to kill Jesus, who was praying for the people who were killing him? You know, if any human being, if any normal human being, people were killing him, he would not pray for them. And he would not praise them. But because it was Jesus himself, he was praying for the people who were killing him. And when I read that, that completely changed my my life, I was like, so it was Jesus who was on the cross who actually died. And so that was one of the turning points in my life. And also one of the strongest verses I read was love your enemy and, and God is love. And it just, it's very strong when you actually think about it. How can you love your enemy? You know, it's really tough to practice loving your enemy. It, I know as a Christian, we're supposed to, to love our enemy. And we struggle every day to do that, but it's really a really hard concept to trying to love your enemy. And when I read love your enemy and God is love, it just it's a really new concept and, and the idea of salvation that somebody came to earth and all his mission was to die on the cross to give us an eternal life was was very amazing. I've never read anything like that in my life. Because all the other books, all the other religions tell you oh God is great, oh God is gonna save you but they never actually tell you how God is gonna save you. But in the Bible it actually told you that from day one, from the first, from Genesis, from the very first verse, God was already setting his plan to save everybody on earth by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross, to take all our sins away. Um, so it really did make sense to me. Um, everything I was reading in the Quran about this, the story of Jesus didn't seem very coherent, didn't seem very um, uh, correct to me. And when I, when I read the story in the Bible about Jesus and how he got killed on the cross, it seems more logical to me, and it seems very, uh, very correct and accurate to me. Yeah, and that's one of the things that made me start reading the Bible more and and trying to get help from others to understand what I was reading.
2: One of the things that's really impressive in the story that you've told too is is the involvement of new technology to reach actually clear around the globe and and make contact with people who could sort of guide your study in the right directions. but uh,
1: And the the diligence to do it. So you said it took a year and a half of uh, correspondence.
3: Uh, Yes, it was was a year and a half with Norma and her husband Donnie. And and I just really want to thank them so much for what they have done to me because if it were not for their help and their, their patience with me because I was very ignorant and I had no idea what they were telling me. But they were very patient with me and they helped me so much
1: now is, uh, is, is Donnie a preacher? Yeah, he is a preacher. Okay.
3: Uh, you mean Donnie? Yes. No, he's not a preacher.
1: So, okay, so just a, a normal, everyday Christian? Uh, trying yeah. The to other do his, normal Christian. Trying to do his part, spreading yeah. the word, and uh, that diligence paid off, and so there's some encouragement there as well.
2: We, we've got some That's questions. Correct. We've got some questions that have, that have come in uh, from some of our listeners, and we wanted to sort of – I think they're good questions, and I think you'll have uh, an interesting response to these kind of things. Now, John's in the chat room
1: as well, and he says years ago that uh, these same individuals, Donnie and Norma, taught his mother and father. And uh, and we see the results of that in John as well today, and so uh, excellent uh, inspiration for us. And all Donnie's in the
2: building. chat room. He says he's not a preacher; he's an air conditioning mechanic. Well, he's got a better, more important job than that. Yeah, uh, uh, that, that's some story for Thank sure. You, uh, let, let us post some of these questions to you. We got a, we got a, some questions from Brad in Alabama, who says, "What a, what approach do you recommend when attempting to convert a Muslim? I'm thinking of things like." Particularly effective arguments one should use, and the tone that one should have as he reasons with a Muslim. How would you address that question?
3: Uh, um, um, I would say that if not just Muslims, but if you really want to approach any person, you should not you should not start the conversation with him by attacking them, but not by by you know just take it very easy with them. And and I think the best way to convert anyone is by setting examples to them. And let me tell you a quick story about that. Um, one of my uncles, he was a physics teacher in London. And he was taking, he used to take his bus every day to go from school to work. And one day he was, he was going uh, from school to work, uh, from school to home. And the guy gave him the change and he gave him one extra cent. And so my uncle, next morning, my uncle took the cent with him and he rode the exact same bus and gave the guy a cent. And the driver told him, that's, that's amazing. You, you came back just to give me the stint I gave to you. And my uncle, my uncle told him that his, his religion pulled him to do that. And my uncle started talking with him about Islam and everything and he converted him. And so just by setting very, very small examples, just by, just by practicing Christianity as we should, just by being good Christians, just by like who should, um, who, Jesus told us to be. I think just by setting good examples, we will be able to convert anyone. But specifically about Muslims, you know, Muslims believe um, to be a Muslim, they actually had to believe about Moses and Jesus. They had to believe about all the all, all the prophets. But they believed that Jesus um, uh, was was not killed on the cross, and it, it was a guy who looked like Jesus. It was it was a guy who who told the Roman soldiers to kill Jesus. God made him look like Jesus, um, and and, God, and they killed him. They didn't kill Jesus, but I don't think if, if if anybody was on the cross getting killed, and he had the option of telling them, "Hey, it's not me, it's, it's it, I'm not Jesus," he would have said that to them if if he wasn't Jesus. But because he was Jesus, he was actually praying for them, and that's really strong evidence that whoever died on the cross was Jesus himself. So if you can approach a Muslim just. You know, by not attacking him, just, you know, just taking heed on him and set a good example to him. And because all Muslims, when I was Muslim, I thought I that all Christians drink, and all, all Christians believe in three gods, and and really strange stuff like that. And, and some Muslims don't even know what Christianity is all about. So, I think approaching any Muslim, just telling them the truth about Christianity and, and who Jesus was, and just set a very good example to them. Okay,
2: so... so that will they... help.
3: That will
2: help to convert them. So the emphasis here would be, first of all, uh, set a right example yourself as a Christian, if you're going to try to influence. Of course, we, we we teach that all the time anyway, because obviously if you're not setting a good example, you're not going to be effective teaching someone else. So set a good example. But then uh, I'm picking up from what you're saying that uh, Muslims have a lot of misconceptions about the true Jesus and the and the actual facts of his life and his death and, uh, on the cross. So, uh, try uh, uh, contrast what they their misconceptions about Jesus with what the Bible actually teaches about Jesus would be helpful in reaching out to Muslims. That's, that's correct. Okay, uh, Brad goes on to ask, do you think that there are any common misconceptions? Uh, about Muslims that Christians tend to have in other words you you've been explaining how you as a brought up as a Muslim had a lot of misconceptions about true Christians and about the real story of Jesus Christ do you think that we on the, going the other way do you think that we who are Christians and who are not necessarily well informed about Muslims do you think that do you see um, that there are some common misconceptions that we hold
3: um um I think there's um, there's three different kind of Islam. Um, first kind, the people who are in Afghanistan, the people who basically took all the context to the extreme of killing people. And that's the most extremist uh, kind of Muslims who just about killing. And then uh, the second group of Muslims, um, the people, let's say people in Saudi Arabia, they're very extreme, but they're not about killing, but they're very extreme and they take all the context to the extreme. And then the third group, uh, people basically like in I'm not gonna say in Egypt, uh, but you know anywhere, people outside of Afghanistan and, and, and Saudi Arabia are going to be easier kind of Muslims. Uh, let me give you an example because example usually makes it easier. Um, there's a verse in the Quran that says, if you see anybody who's not believer, uh, don't talk to him. And so people in Afghanistan will take that verse and say anybody who's not a believer, don't talk to him. That means kill him. Because killing him, you know, you're going to, like, eliminate him, and so you're not going to talk to him, and so just ignore him. so you have to kill him. That's what the Afghanistan will will understand from this verse. However, people in Saudi Arabia, they will believe don't talk to him means you should not absolutely talk to him. Don't ever talk to him. Other people will believe don't talk to him, just don't talk mean to him, or don't be mean to him, or don't be rude to him. So, um, I think it's just about how people understand it. Uh, some people take it to
2: the extreme, some people more linear, some people easier. So, um, yeah, I think I think we have we have a I, especially because of events in the news and so forth. I think a lot of Americans have the impression that all Muslims are like these who are uh, you know, violent extreme uh killers and you're saying that 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 is a misconception in your mind.
3: Yes, it's it's really hard, not just for Muslims, but it's it's. I think it's uh, not very accurate to generalize one idea of, of of entire group. You know, to say all Muslims are bad or all Christians are are good or all. You know, you can't. It's very hard to generalize an entire group. Yeah. So and, and in any in, in, in any group you'll find the good people and the bad people. You will find good Muslims and bad Muslims, you will find, you know, in every nation, in every religion, there's always good people and bad people. Yeah. And and Muslim when Muslims see that Christians or, or some people generalize that oh, all Muslims are mean, they start feeling like why they hate us, like we're all of us are not are not bad. So I think I don't really like the idea of generalizing that all Muslims are bad. Some of them are bad,
2: but others are good. So. Okay, All right, good. Let's take a quick break. We're going to and take another break here we'll get at this week's bullet
1: point. When we get back, we've got more questions. We've got a lot of good questions and here we want to get to. If would like to talk with our uh, caller tonight on the phone, the toll free number is 877 381 4567. We'll take a uh, quick break at this week's bullet point and continue the discussion on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Don't touch
0: that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this.
1: I'm Kate, and I'm three. You're and this is the Virtual Bible Study.
0: Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. Oh, some technical glitches Welcome there. to Do
1: You Know. Oh,
2: well. Hang
1: okay. on. Well, totally goofed up here. Okay, we, we, back, that's all right. Let's, let's get back thought. to our discussion. We and, could, we uh, had a little glitch had, there. Well, we didn't have time to get the break anyway, so we wanted to try it. Um, uh, We've got some questions here. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you have any questions about what we believe or what we practice, what you might have heard on a recent edition of the Virtual Bible Study, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for consideration on a future edition of the program, we welcome your comments anytime at questions at collegeu.com. And if you have uh, something you'd like to talk with us on the phone. You can use that 800 number anytime, 877-381-4567. Okay, uh, uh.
2: Back to these questions. I, I, I'm really interested in your answers, and I think you have done a great job explaining these things to us. Uh, one more question from Brad in Alabama. He says, sometimes persons from different religions or backgrounds end up talking past each other and don't realize it because they're using uh, the same terms but with different definitions. So he asked, are there any terms or concepts that mean different things to Christians and Muslims and therefore end up being barriers to communication?
3: Um oh well, that's a very hard question
2: um can you think when you when you were being um, taught can I, one of the things I fear is that you know uh those of us who've been Christians for many years that we we've sort of fallen into a habit of using certain terminology that means we we know what it means just naturally, but it would be totally yeah. d- do you remember anything that someone said and you thought what does that mean
3: um well, one thing that Muslims really um, have hard time understanding is the idea of God his um, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. you know if you ask any Muslim what do you think of you know the God of the Christians, he will tell you they worship three gods so um, that's a very misunderstanding for Muslims about the identity. Um, of god because they believe god christians worship three gods however he's, he's one god just in three different forms so we have so to
2: explain true. that we have to be ready to explain that because that's going to be a big hang-up to a muslim when because they're going to believe they're, that they're, they're going to believe we're some kind of polytheist and so we need to be able to explain what we mean by father son and spirit okay good answer i had a question so, from steve in uh i think he's in texas texas
1: um and he asked, uh, where do you start when you speaking with another Muslim? Because uh, they, a Muslim doesn't believe in the Bible, only the Quran. Uh, therefore, just as if you were talking with an atheist, you would have to start with some evidences as to why to believe the Bible and how to establish truth. So, where, where's the best place to start with a Muslim? Uh, since uh, you go to um, the Bible, they're probably going to say, well, I don't believe that.
3: Okay. Um, yes, that's correct. Muslims don't believe in the Bible. Um, they believe that the Bible that was written in Jesus' time has been, has been rewritten and it's not the same Bible that it was back in the days. So if you can prove to him that the Bible we have nowadays is a very exact Bible that was in Jesus' time, he will start believing you. Because none of the Muslims know about any of um, the Dead Sea Scrolls or like any of the texts that we found that indicates that the Bible we have is the actual Bible. So we need to we need um, to
2: be we need to be well informed in in sort of uh, the inspiration of the Bible, to to and,
3: the Bible
2: and how it's been conveyed down through the years. Not just that it was originally inspired, but that it's we need to be well informed about it, how it has been carried forth throughout the centuries, so that today we do have an accurate copy.
3: Uh, yes, and and something else: uh, Muslims don't believe. Um, um, uh they believe uh, because um you know when you're muslim when you don't when, when you're not a christian muslim look at the different translation of the bible and they believe that christians have many different kind of versions of the bible so if you can teach him that it's the very same bible just different translation that will help him to understand oh there's just one because muslim believe there's many bibles so if you can just you know help him to understand there's just one bible just different translation he will that start getting the idea of you know it that, might be true it's just one Bible just different translations.
2: That's one. Th- that's probably an example of what we were talking about earlier. That's just common knowledge to us. In other words, we're very familiar with that idea. But you're saying that in the Muslim world they don't understand. In other words, King James Bible versus New American Standard Bible. They think we're reading totally different Bibles they're not they're not aware that we're just talking about different translations english translations of that, of the same that's text that's correct okay good all right good information and but, uh, uh, we got a, a question from Aaron in Louisiana is it's along the same lines about evidences do do basically he asked, why if you ask a Muslim, why should we believe that the Quran is inspired? would they be able, in other words, we we feel a burden as Christians to be able to present evidence as to why we believe the Bible is inspired. Do Muslims try to do the same thing with the Quran?
3: Uh, yes, they will tell you that um, however, Muhammad he could not read or write at all, but he still came up with the Quran. So, that's a, that's, they would believe
1: that's a very good evidence that, however, he couldn't read or write at all, but he still comes the grain. Oh, so that's the, the evidence. Evidence. that's the evidence.
2: that That's, that's the, the evidence it, that it? they produce. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. Do you, would you agree, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you agree that the evidence for the Bible is far more compelling than that?
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, in other words, the, the, the Muslim, if if we are skilled in pre- presenting the evidence for the Bible, that that would be impressive to a Muslim if he if he would be willing to listen to it and and work with us through such a a study, that would be a, a compelling way to approach a Muslim is to to show them the evidences of the Bible and its inspiration. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, good. So, yeah. Uh, Aaron's question says. Uh,
1: um, what what evidence has led you to believe the Bible is Aaron's follow up question to that, uh,
2: but not the Quran? Yeah, in other words, it, it, w- w- having you you have the experience of having studied thoroughly both the Quran and the Bible. What just very briefly, what jumps out at you uh, in contrast? In other words, the Bible is superior. If I if I ask you to say, okay, now having studied both, why do you believe that the Bible is superior to the Quran? What would be your nutshell answer?
3: Um, actually, uh, my answer will surprise you because almost all the stories are in the uh, in the Bible. They are the exact same in the Quran, just very very small uh, differences. So it's very it's basically the same stories from from Genesis till till Jesus. But the Quran adds the part of Muhammad when Muhammad came and and, and he had that part. But everything else is pretty much the same story. So.
1: Um, so what was so what uh, what was the what would you say was the biggest proof though that the Bible was was God's word and not the Quran? What was the biggest thing that convinced you? Uh,
3: um, you mean, know, like, what is the major differences between the Bible
1: and the Quran. Or what what convinced you the most? I and mean, when as you're as you're presented with, okay, here's the Bible and you need to believe it. What convinced you? Okay, yes, I should start believing the Bible and not believe the Quran anymore.
3: Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I had a lot of doubts about about Islam because you know if you want to read the Quran, you have to read it in Arabic. I mean, you can get translation in different language, but they will never make sense to you as you read it in, in Arabic. So I I always was like very confused. What if somebody who cannot read Arabic, but he want to read the Quran, what he would do? Because to understand the Quran, you have to read it in Arabic. You can't. So the, the translations
1: I, I always, aren't. are The translations not accurate, or why is that that you have to read it in Arabic? They're not allowed, are uh, they?
3: they are not, the translations are not accurate. Besides, um, you know, it, Arabic language is very, very deep and very, very big. And so there is a lot of terms in, in Arabic that doesn't exist in different languages. So to, under, to actually understand and absorb what the Quran says, you have to read it in Arabic. Okay. But if you read any other translation, it wouldn't really make sense to you. Okay, so.
1: okay. all right, very good. All right, we got to be another proof of the existence or the inspiration of God that it was uh, the Bible that it was written in languages that are were uh, easily translated yeah okay
2: all right uh, um, we've got a question from Chris in Atlanta who asked what was the hardest teaching of Christianity for you to believe
3: um, I think the hardest teaching was um, to believe I didn't, because, see, as a Muslim, I believed that all Christians drink. So I was like, wait, what Christians don't, because in Egypt, almost all the cups of Christians drink. And, you know, as a Muslim, you believe, oh, these Christians, people like, drink all the time, and they do that all the time. But when I actually get to know Christianity, I was like, wait a minute, Christians don't drink. Christians don't dress like that. Christians are different than what I expected. So drinking and, like, being a good person actually was, was very different of what I thought before.
2: Okay, so now I, I got to tell you that's that's really an important message for us to get out to our listeners. Because, that's
1: our spot right now. Yeah, you
2: know, in fact, just last week our our study here on the virtual Bible study was about social drinking, and and uh, there are some, unfortunately, among Christians who would try to defend that. Uh, also, the question of, of immodest dress is an issue among uh, even among Christians, unfortunately. And so you're saying that, you know, this is a very important consideration for us to be able to influence others, uh, both the yes. drinking question and the modesty question.
3: Uh, yes, because, you know, when I was in Egypt and when we look at U.S., for example, you know, we believe that we are, I thought that everybody in U.S. is a Christian. But yet when you look at people in U.S., you know, people drink, you'll dress very, not modestly, and and so that was my conception. Oh, people, he still can be Christian, but can still drink and dress like that and do that and that. So, but when you actually get to know who are Christians and 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 their actions, they're very different of what I expected. So,
2: okay, very good. All right, uh, and we have a question from Keith here in Tennessee who asked. And now, this is uh, this is a loaded question, and I, th- I think this may backfire on our questioner. He says. If all Muslims believe in the Quran, then why are they so divided? Uh, th- um,
3: they, they believe in the same Quran, but this is um, an explanation for, for everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I would, uh, question, I would, in answer to that question, I would, in answer to that question, I'd say, well, if all Christians believe in the Bible, why are they so divided? I mean, that's, uh, you know, Christians are uh, very divided on so people who identify themselves as Christians. At least are very very divided on a whole host of questions. And so uh, that I, I wouldn't pin that on the Muslims any more than on those who claim to be followers of Christ. Yep,
1: yep. Uh If you'd like to, yes. if you'd like to talk uh, with the, this gentleman, uh, the number is eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. We have a few more minutes. Uh, we can take your call. Uh, there was a follow up question from Keith there.
2: Yeah, one well. more question from Keith. He asked. Do Muslims have an open mind about other religions such as Christianity? Obviously you did, although you you approached you had to approach it very carefully. Do you think that uh, if you were back in Cairo, Egypt right now, do you think that very many of the people that you would come into contact with would be even willing to consider the kind of things that converted you or would they just be closed-minded to that?
3: Uh, you mean Christians in Egypt?
2: But no i'm 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 just Muslims uh, other muslims in in egypt that that in other words, uh, you you were you were willing to consider christianity but how how open would others in a place like okay. Cairo be to consider christianity okay
3: um well let me just um first of all let me mention something in egypt. It's it's legal. It's not illegal to to convert. You know, if you're Muslim and you want to be a Christian, it's legally you can do that. If you're a Christian and you want to be Muslim, it's legally to do that. But the problem is, um, it's 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 a such a it's such a shame in Egypt to convert. If you're if you're Muslim and convert to Christianity, it's very shameful, and you have to get killed. Um, and so, if I went back to Egypt and people know that I'm a Christian, I don't think my family or anybody I know will will ever kill me. But you never know if any, you know, extremist will, will willingly try to kill me so he can go to heaven. So uh, I have been to Egypt actually a couple of times since I've been here. But it's still my family and nobody I know in Egypt, know I'm a Christian. And I'm trying to keep it low. And that's why I didn't tell you guys my name today, because just trying to be very um, um, secure and just to make sure that nobody know who I am. So, um, because it's still very country. I remember when I came from Egypt to U.S. and I applied to go to school here in the U.S., they rejected me the first time. And they told me because there's a a mosque a few miles away from the school. And they were very concerned of people in the mosque to know who I am. So it really doesn't matter where you are. If there's any extremists know about you, I might get killed.
2: So Yeah. So there are real and legitimate threats to a person like you who would convert from... Islam to Christianity, the, it, it, it's not a thing to be taken lightly. And and uh, obviously, you, you've you had to weigh all those issues uh, in making your decision. Um,
1: I think we've got, a, we've got a call. We do. Arthur in uh, Kalioka is on the line. Arthur, welcome to the program.
3: Uh, thank you. I was just uh, sitting here with my wife listening to that. And, and I tell you, some of the things that, you know, were so impressive to me, how many times could you find someone one with such honesty and uh, that was willing to uh, hear what the Bible teaches? You know, I, I, how long could you uh, teach someone like that at one time? There wouldn't be no end for me. I just could keep on and on. to somebody willing to hear? How many, how many people can you find today that will sit down and be honest and let you teach them?
2: Well this young man that we're talking to on the on the phone uh, Arthur uh, uh has set a good example in that regard Will, yeah. willing to consider the truth and of course that's that's the main thing we've got to love the truth uh, uh and wh- whatever it is and however we learn it uh, we've got to be willing to to adapt to it and believe it and and practice it and this young man has done that so we commend him
3: and you know the Gre- Greg Greg the- The question I I would say was honesty, honesty.
2: Okay, exactly right. Okay, Arthur, thanks for your call.
3: Enjoyed it very much. Thanks. Bye.
2: And so we do commend you uh, for having uh, been willing to consider things different from your upbringing. That's that's always a challenge. That would be a challenge for any of us. And you were willing to take on that challenge and to accept the truth when it when it was presented to you. Do you Let, let me ask you a little bit about the future. And the future. line is
1: open. We have a few more minutes. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six
2: seven. I'd do, like to
1: talk to Donnie tonight.
2: Yeah what what do you what do you foresee in in your future? Well, where do you think this goes from here? Obviously, you're a child of God, a Christian, and you and that is a commitment you've made. What do you think that will how thing how will things unfold in the future for you?
3: Well, I am in the school right now. I'm studying business, and I have about 12 more years to get my bachelor's. Um, and then I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be trying to stay in the, US, in the U.S. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, but I, I really like, I really miss Egypt. I miss my family and friends. I want to go there back so bad. But um, uh, I will not be able to practice 1st freely. And it's very hard on me. And, and, and just let me mention something. When I came from from Egypt, it was very rough. It was very hard. I didn't know anyone at all. But we were we talking. Oh, he's the Egyptian guy who converted from Islam to Christianity. But I didn't know anybody. And and first twelve months were very tough on me. Um, but I remember when I was in Egypt, uh, Norma and Donnie were were always telling me that about the Christian family and how the Christian family is great and how and how we really care about each other and so stuff like that. But I've never got to experience that when I was in Egypt. But when I came to US, I just get a lot of messages, a lot of you know, Facebook messages and calls from people that I don't know, I've never met before. They've been trying to always encourage me and tell me to stay strong, to stay the person I am. And I just want to thank everyone. Um, in the school I was in, I just met a lot of amazing friends and I just want to thank all of them. And all the people I've met in, in U.S., whether it was in Florida or any other state I've been to, I'm just so thankful for everybody who helped me and, and strengthened me to be the person I am uh, now. And I always, whenever, whenever I feel weak, whenever I feel I can't do it anymore, I always remember the verse that says, I can do everything through Jesus who strengthened me. It, it really does help. It really does make me feel stronger. And always, depending on the Christian family, always strengthen me as well. Right. So I just want to thank everyone who helped me to come from from Egypt to here, and everybody who helped me in the U.S.
2: All right. Well, thank you for joining us tonight on the virtual Bible study. We're just about out of time, and we're going to uh, excuse you. And thank you for spending a whole hour with us on the program, telling us your story. A lot of people very interested in in how this has happened, and we would love to see uh, even more uh, who would be willing to consider the truth as you have. But we're very encouraged by your story, and we thank you so much for spending time with us tonight on the Virtual Bible Study.
3: Thank you for having
2: me.
1: All right. God bless you for your uh, commitment to do the right thing, and we appreciate you for joining us on the program tonight. Uh, certainly an encouragement yeah. and, uh, and uh, an encouragement. And, and it's,
2: good to, it's good to see a lot of the people who know him in the chat room. Yeah. Some some of the very ones who were involved in his conversion are there. And so we commend you, those of you who were active in in bringing the gospel to this young man. Uh, we appreciate you, know, you very we much. I think too. that's
1: one of the temptations we fall into is that we've got to, it's got to be something grand and there's got to be some type of, you know, uh, phenomenal response. It's, it's just, People doing what they're supposed to do on a regular basis and uh, planting the seed and letting God give the increase. Yeah, exactly right. right. Jacob,
2: we got just a minute. Let, let, me, let me introduce a plan that we've got here in Columbia, Tennessee to our listeners because uh, uh, it will be coming up uh, pretty shortly uh, in July, the 21st and 22nd of July, which About is a Monday, a and t- Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, we're going we're gonna to conduct what we're calling a community Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do it at a uh, public building in downtown Columbia. Uh, those who are in this area are familiar probably with the memorial building in Columbia, Tennessee, downtown Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, we're, we've arranged to use that facility, and we're going to have a special two-night study on homosexuality. Uh, Kevin Clark, who is a an attorney in Birmingham, Alabama, is going to come and conduct these sessions for us. He's done a lot of study on the subject from both a biblical and a, a legal perspective. And uh, so we're going to advertise that pretty heavily in our community. If any who are listening are within a drive driving distance of Columbia, uh, mark that on your calendars, July 21st and 22nd, for what we're calling a community Bible study. On the subject of homosexuality. Yeah. It is in
1: the news. It is in – it's on – it's on people's minds today, and uh, hopefully uh, – I heard
2: on the way to the Virtual Bible Study tonight in the car tonight, Jacob, I heard that the Presbyterian Church in the United States has rewritten their constitution in their convention. They're their, their meeting in convention now, of course, uh, which mm-hmm. of co- is mm-hmm. such a perversion. But yes. they, they have rewritten their uh, constitution to say that marriage is – is a union between two people. Oh boy! Not between a man and a woman. Well, that's uh, they know more than the Bible, I guess. Yeah. And, um, well. So uh, anyway, that's our topic. And if you can make it, uh, we'd love to have you. Mark your calendars for July twenty-first and twenty-second. All right. Again, thanks to our caller
1: for joining us on the program tonight. An excellent story of conversion there, an encouragement to us all. And uh, thanks to those who are listening who helped uh, to make uh, to help to teach him and uh, and share the gospel with him. Encouragement to us all, uh, an excellent uh, discussion tonight. Uh, Anthony, thanks for uh, being behind the controls. Your mic's been off all night, but uh, what do you think? No, just an unbelievable story and so uh, so encouraging and, um, you know, reminds me in some ways of my own, my own story and, and so just what a – you, know, you a great, weren't a
2: Muslim, but you no, came to the truth. Right. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Um, you know, and but just again, um, I don't know what the word is, not not congratulations, but uh, commendation to those who reached out uh, to this young man. And just uh, what a what a great story. Yeah. Right. Dad, thank you for your time. tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if this is your first time joining us, we hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired by the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.